Today's food for thought comes from Peter Drucker. He said, there is nothing so useless as doing efficiently that which should not be done at all. (laughs) Are you struggling with finding enough time in your business? You might be spinning your wheels in areas that you shouldn't all because that is the way you've always done it. Today's episode is sponsored by Zenith Exhibit Studios. Thinking about starting a podcast? Visit www.zenithexhibits.studio to learn how we can help. Welcome to the Business Buffet, a podcast-based business coaching environment where you gain personal nourishment, professional growth, and recipes for success. My name is Ed Bejarana, and I am your chef who will be fixing up a big helping of how-to, can-do, and what-to-do information, all designed to inspire you. So grab a plate as it is time for some Business Buffet. Welcome to the Business Buffet. Thank you for listening and sharing these episodes with your friends. The process of creating these episodes is as therapeutic for me as I hope they are helpful for you. Too often, we get caught in a rut at work, in the day-to-day grind of running our business. We forget why we are doing this self-employed thing in the first place. For me, I love the independence, being able to set my own schedule, serve my clients as I want to serve them, charge what I feel is fair, and enjoy the benefits of owning a tiny slice of the American dream is a great feeling. Why are you self-employed? Why do you get up each morning and do what you do? Do you remember? Peter Drucker is an amazing business coach, efficiency expert, and all-around smart guy. I've, I've read several of his books, even met him once. I have several of his quotes in queue to build podcast episodes around. Today's quote is one of his best. There is nothing so useless as doing efficiently that which should not be done at all. There is another way to say this quote, one you might be more familiar with. It, It goes like this. The definition of insanity is doing things the same way and expecting different results. For those of us who make sales calls, this is a very common problem. But it rears its ugly head in a lot of areas of business. Accounting, business development, operations, management. We get used to doing things a certain way, and it is hard to change. At one point, the process worked. Otherwise, you most likely wouldn't still be doing it. But now it isn't working, and you know it. The problem is, doing it, quote, this way is more comfortable. It doesn't require a change. Ooh, not the C word. (laughs) Nobody likes change. Wait, check that. I, I love change. I move the furniture around the house three or four times a year just because I love change. Honestly, it drives my wife crazy. I'm pretty set in my ways in business, but every year I do a SWOT analysis and fixed what has stopped working. My existence is based on efficiency. The more efficient I am in business, the better I am able to help my customers. Customers, I, I, I need to talk a little bit about that word. 
it's such a, I don't know, sterile word that most definitely does not describe my relationship with my clients I work for. My customers are, they're, well, they're my friends. I am blessed to have hundreds of them, and every one of them are important in my life. I take their success very serious. If their business is struggling, then it is like my business is struggling, and I want to do everything in my power to fix what is broken. Sometimes the thing that is broken is a process being performed in my client's office. Sometimes it is a yeah, semi-disengaged employee who most, most of the day just dreams about roller coasters and hot dogs. Okay, I don't know where I got that. I, I guess I'm hungry. I, I love hot dogs, honestly, but I digress. You hired that employee and taught them how to perform their job. Then you got busy doing other things. Before long, the performance of that employee starts to wane, and you don't know what is wrong. When you observe their work, you don't notice any issues with how they're doing their job. They're pretty much doing it the way you taught them months back. So why are you not getting the same results? This is a, an interesting question to ponder. Can you notice market changes when you are not actively engaged with the marketplace? It's an honest question. Some of you might say, yes, I can. I'd love to talk with you. Maybe you have something that we can bring on the show that other business owners would learn and figure out how to succeed from you. For the rest of us, when we're busy doing our thing, we're counting on our employees to keep us abreast of market changes. The more layers of management, the further you are away from the marketplace. It could be your employee is now doing something they shouldn't be doing, like Peter said. Every time I write about my fishing buddy, I, I feel a little guilty. I, I don't tell you his name because I know he listens to this show. And honestly, I don't want to embarrass him by making him the example of what not to do. <laughs> Today, let's call him, oh, I don't know, Dave. I met Dave at a Chamber of Commerce event, and he had a personality larger than life. Well, I guess technically he still does. Dave's not dead. We became instant friends. Dave ran a fishing guide service. He took folks out for a fun day of fishing, or as Dave used to say, catching. You see, Dave knew his job wasn't to take you fishing. His job was to take you out to catch fish. Dave was good at his job. He is still a great fisherman, but he just doesn't do it for a living anymore. So at the time when I met him, Dave, he, he had an office and an executive suite. He had a landline, uh, great-looking business cards. His truck had graphics that branded him with his business. He even had a telephone answering service. You know, one of those people that answer the phone 24-7? You can see the problem already, right? Dave worked on the river, but he had an executive office suite, a landline and a telephone answering service. Why? Going back to what Peter said, there is nothing so useless as doing efficiently that which should not be done at all. Sure, having a nice professional office suite makes him look great, 
The landline and answering service adds a level of professionalism. But Dave didn't work in an office. He worked on his boat. Dave knew his job. He was a fish-catching guide. One day, Dave and I were out on the Columbia River doing some fishing and enjoying some quality best friend time. Those of you not familiar with the Columbia River in Portland, Oregon, it's a big river located right next to incorporated Portland, Oregon. When we went fishing on the Columbia River, I I brought my laptop and cell phone. Why? Well, because I could get great cell service and data connectivity from the river. So I'm sitting there fishing and my phone rings. Now, I have to pause here because Dave gave me a pretty hard time for bringing my laptop and cell phone on a fishing trip. Dave and I have a great relationship and we joke with one another a lot. So I took the ribbing like I normally took the ribbing from Dave. I took my call and it was a prospect wanting a quote on a trade show display. So I opened up my laptop, looked up the price, made the pitch, closed the deal right then and there. The client gave me their credit card number. I ran the card. I gave them instructions on sending me graphics. After the call, I hung up and asked Dave, why again don't you carry a cell phone? Had I not had my cell phone and laptop, the call would have gone to voicemail and the prospect most likely would have called someone else. In my business, speed is everything. Interesting to note, It was the same in Dave's business. Dave shared with me afterwards that he had canceled the lease on his office and landline slash telephone answering service and was going to do everything from his cell phone. I guess I kind of inspired him. Success! Dave learned a valuable lesson. He could now book trips on the spot. And honestly, business picked up. Okay, but I I have to share this story because... It is the reason why I'm changing Dave's name. See, a few months later, Dave and I were once again out on the Columbia River doing some fishing. (laughs) We caught some fish, cooked a few right there on the boat for lunch, caught some more, and then decided to call it a day. Dave had one of those pontoon boats, like a party boat, very comfortable. It had a bathroom on board, had lots of space for a barbecue. Anyway, we were cruising back into the dock. We were about 100 feet from the dock, the boat launch area, and Dave got a phone call. He took the call and started booking a trip with a new client. I'm sitting there beaming, thinking, I I taught this guy that. I convinced him to do this. And and he was navigating the boat to the dock, talking on the phone, you know, know, hold the phone up there and navigate. He, He got the boat pointed in the right direction, talking on the phone. And then he got up and he walked around the the steering console, and he navigated. He went to the gate, and he opened the gate, and and the boat was just slowly pulling up against the dock. And what he was going to do is he was going to just kind of step off and then tie the boat off. Like, honestly, I'd seen him do a hundred times before. (laughs) Although in the previous hundred times, Dave was not talking on the phone. No. So the boat slowed, and he was slowly coming up to the dock about two feet out, Dave took the step to the dock. Now, Dave and I are both big boys. (laughs) We 
We once made a Chinese buffet restaurant owner cry. We ate so much. Anyway, Dave's foot hit the dock and his weight pushed the boat backwards. Dave tried to compensate with a weight shift, but the water gods wanted their due on that day. (laughs) Dave was still talking on the phone. He slips off the dock and the boat and he hits his jaw on the dock on his way into the water. I guess now is the time I tell you Dave was wearing hip waders. When I saw Dave hit his head on the dock, I figured for sure he knocked himself out. (laughs) I started emptying my pockets of anything that would get ruined when I dove in to save Dave. (laughs) Right about then, Dave surfaced. Phone, I'm not kidding, still to his ear. The, (laughs) The only words I could hear were Dave telling the guy on the phone, I'll have to call you back. Dave then put the phone on the dock and used both hands to grab hold and pull himself up to the boat ramp and to safety. Honestly, it was very close as his hip waders were now full and he most certainly would have been pulled under had he not come up at that moment. But once I knew Dave was safe and okay, I could not hold back to laugh. I said... <laughs> I'll call you right back. You think the cell phone still works after being under the water for 30 seconds? Dave started laughing and then reminded me, taking calls on the boat was your idea. Yeah, there is nothing so useless as doing efficiently that which should not be done at all. I guess that quote has double meaning in today's episode. What are you doing in your business that is no longer bringing any value? Doesn't matter how good you are at doing it. If it doesn't generate revenue, dump it and do something different. Don't do things just because that is the way it's always been done. Figure out what your marketplace needs and do that. Improve the systems that have a proven track record. And for God's sakes, do not, under any circumstances, answer the phone when you're trying to bring your boat into the docks. It is that dreaded time when we must push back from the table and uh, maybe take a nap. You know, to reflect on what we've learned. Please, before you doze off, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs the emotional push that only the Business Buffet can give. Also, please take a moment to write a review for us on Apple Podcasts and help us reach new entrepreneurs like yourself. Thank you for listening, and remember to eat hearty in business.